Ecclesiastes 3.8, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. This is the closing comment that we get from the debater, from the critic in this poem, this beautiful piece of Jewish literature. And he ends it with this statement that there is a time for us to love. But what about this time to hate? I mean, this is like, are we allowed to hate? Surely not. But that is what the debater is telling us in this. And it's so important to understand that in this book of the Bible, we are being presented with the human condition. It's not necessarily a statement of fact, it's rather just a statement of who we are. It's not necessarily truth. It's just, it, the, the debater's not necessarily saying it's fine for you to do this, it's not fine for you to do this. He's saying this is all part of who we are within the human condition. And he uses this phrase throughout the book. He says, about things being under the sun or under heaven. And this is such an important thing to understand because this is a Jewish idiom and it essentially means anything within the human condition, but more broadly speaking, outside of our relationship with God. And so he uses this term in many different occasions. Right at the beginning of the book of Ecclesiastes, he says that there is nothing new under the sun. Now, is that truth? Is that a statement of truth? Or is that simply commentary on the fact that so often in our nihilistic way of looking at the world, it can seem like there is nothing new? Yet we serve a God who says he is making all things new. He says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. He calls us to be agents of a kingdom that is advancing the new into the world. So which is true? Well, they're both true when they're taken in context of the area of the Bible that they're being brought out to us from. It's the same as when you see a newspaper and it uses a term like, there was an earth shattering revelation. Now, of course, they might be talking about a new piece of information that was uh, extreme, but did the earth really shake? No, of course it didn't. It's using hyperbole to, to describe something. And we must understand this when we come to the book of Ecclesiastes. We have to understand that what he is saying here is provoking us to question. So love and hate. I mean, we throw those terms around all the time, don't we? I love that new series on Netflix, we might say. I absolutely hate broccoli. You know, we use these terms interchangeably in our day-to-day -day life in such a way that they lose their potency. But in Hebrew, the words achava and sana are extreme words. They are words of great description. And so what about hate? Well, hate isn't simply implying something that is wrong or sinful. In fact, in Deuteronomy 12, 31, it said that God hated the idolatry of the Canaanites. And it uses the specific example of the fact that they would sacrifice their children. We are called to hate what is evil. As followers of Jesus, we are told that we are to hate things that are evil. In fact, all throughout the Old Testament, Psalm 97, 10, Proverbs 8, 13, Amos 5, 15 tells us to hate those things that God hates. The New Testament writers don't hide this either. They tell us that we are engaged in a spiritual battle. In fact, in Romans 12, 20 to 21, Ephesians 6, talks about the fact that we have weapons that are not earthly, but they're mighty in God to pull down strongholds. We are told to hate those things that God hates. And this is so important because 
We so often will talk about God being love. And yes, God, the essence of God is love. But if we do not hate, then we cannot genuinely love either. Because hate stands in the way of anything that spoils love. The reason why God hates sin so intensely is because it stands in the way of us being all that he's called us to be. Now I realise the term sin is an archaic term. We don't really use that in our, in our day and age. But sin just means anything that diverts us from the course that God has for our lives. God has an amazing plan for you. He has a purpose and a destiny. He wants your life to soar like an arrow towards the target. But there is a renegade, evil, demonic spirit that tries to fight for us to miss that target and to put things in the way to cause us to be taken off of track. And God hates that so much. Now, there's an important caveat to the fact that we are allowed to hate evil. We are never, ever allowed to hate God's image bearers. In fact, Dr. Martin Luther King said, don't let man pull you so low as to hate him. We are made in the image of God. We are never allowed to hate one another. We are allowed to hate the things that stop us and distort that image that God has created within us. So what about love? Well, the Hebrew prayer for love, the Shema, says Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Achad. It's all about this fact that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our minds, with all of our hearts, with all of our soul to Ahavah, God. And then Jesus adds to that, that the second greatest commandment is to Ahavah, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We're called to love the people around us, but love is anything but weak and sentimental. Jesus was fire and Jesus was passion. Jesus was love personified. Jesus is perfect theology. If we want to know what God is like, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And everywhere Jesus went, he was love and truth held in perfect balance. Ephesians 4 says we are to speak the truth in love. Tragically, most Christians just love to speak the truth. They just love to say their opinion. We are called to be people that are absolutely saturated with love and to speak from that place. This is why when Jesus, in front of a lady from Samaria who had lived a broken life, tells her everything that she had ever done and far from her going away feeling condemned, she goes and she starts a revival. What would it look like if we loved in that kind of way? If we stood up against what God hates? The problem is so often we've got it around the wrong way. We love what God hates and we hate so often what God loves. If we want to see God's love and hate come together in perfect unity, we see it in the cross of Jesus. Where because of his hatred of sin, God allowed himself to be the sacrifice for our freedom and our forgiveness and with outstretched arms showed the world that he loves us so much that it's his will that none should perish but that all should come to a saving knowledge of Christ. So how can we love like that in our day and age? How can we decide this week that we're going to stand up and we're going to hate the things that God hates but we're going to do it in such a way that it causes love to impact our generation, to impact our nation and to impact the ends of the earth. Let's love and hate well this week. God bless you.